This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. It was just another school day and the teachers were having a meeting while the students were playing outside during their lunch break. Then suddenly, the teachers heard a loud commotion out in the playground. This is Apple for the Teacher, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Anna Thomas. Today's episode is called Alien Encounter. The children saw an alien aircraft land in their school. What happened? I'm going to start this episode by asking you to consider your thoughts about the following topics. Ghosts, UFOs, aliens and the paranormal. I consider myself to be a firm sceptic. I've never really had any interest in these topics. So when I came across a story about school kids seeing a UFO in their school, I decided to cover the story but with my strong scepticism at the fore. So this episode will present that alleged sighting. Did it change my mind about UFOs? Well, let's find out. It was the year 1994 in Zimbabwe, Africa. Just near the small rural town of Rua, there was a primary school called the Ariel School. It was only about 20 miles away from the capital city of Zimbabwe called Harare. The school was a private elementary school which had around 250 students, ranging in age from 6 to 12. It was a Friday in September, and the students were playing outside during their mid-morning break at around 10.30am, while all of the teachers were having a staff meeting. There were no teachers supervising the students, except for a parent who was manning the school canteen. Then, all of a sudden, some students came running up to her in a rather excited and somewhat frightened manner, but she didn't take seriously what they told her. Essentially, they said some type of alien aircraft had landed in the school and they saw some small men come out of the craft. Meanwhile, the teachers heard a lot of commotion coming from outside, which was fairly normal for children during their playtime, but the teachers felt the noise was rather unusual, so they went outside to see what was happening. That's when they were bombarded with children telling them of the strange sight they had witnessed. Of course, the teachers thought they were just making it up, but there were so many kids who reported seeing something and some of them were visibly upset. The area where the sighting occurred was just at the perimeter of the playground. There was no fence, but a group of trees formed a kind of natural barrier between the school and a grassy, bushy area. The children had always been told not to go into that area as there were likely to be snakes and spiders. The principal, Colin Mackey, first thought it was just kids with healthy imaginations. But the sheer number of students who reported seeing something made him take notice. All in all, there were 62 children who said they witnessed the spacecraft and aliens out of about 250 students who attended the school. So the children were ushered inside and the principal asked them to draw what they had seen. So exactly what did they see? Here are some of the accounts from the children 
describing what they saw. One boy said, I saw this silver thing among the trees, with one thing sitting on the side and another on top. Then they were running back and forth. It looked like a real person, but it was quite plump. At first, I thought it was someone from the labourers' quarters playing around, but his hair was not like the usual African hair, very curly and close to the head. It was almost like a hippie's hair, long and black. And another girl said, I saw the little men with longish black hair with big black eyes. They turned round and stared at me and went back into a kind of ship. There was only one ship and some little ones scattered around it. I could see their big eyes and long hair. I definitely saw them. And another girl said, I saw the objects disappear. They went up about a metre and then they disappeared. The little men were wearing clothes, which were very, very shiny black, like a diving suit and tight fitting. I saw a glimpse of his face. His eyes were big. I thought they were aliens from another planet. And here is what another girl said. I saw this silver thing lying on its side. A man dressed in black came out. He had big eyes. I thought it was an alien, and then I thought it was the gardener from our school. The sighting happened on a Friday, and when the children went home that day, they told their parents what they saw. As many of the children had been quite frightened and hysterical, some of the parents then went to the school to find out what had happened. At first, many parents thought they just made up the story, but then they thought there must be something to the story because of how their children reacted, which was really out of the ordinary. They went to talk to the principal and even check the area where the sighting was alleged to have happened. Although they didn't find anything, the parents were convinced that something had happened. So when the news hit the media, a lady by the name of Cynthia Hind took great interest in the story. She lived in South Africa and had been a UFO researcher for a number of years. She had spent more than a decade investigating UFO sightings in Africa and published her findings in a newsletter called the UFO Afri News. So she travelled to the school to interview the students. She then wrote an article about what the children told her in an edition of the UFO Afri News. Here is some of what she wrote. Quote, this is an extremely interesting case, as there are so many witnesses, and there is no doubt in my mind that what the children are saying is what they saw. Even embellishments cannot alter the basis of what was seen that day in September 1994. I was impressed by the honesty of the children. When they weren't sure, they were hesitant, but when they were sure, they spoke out quickly and confidently. She also made a point to mention the cultural backgrounds of the children, saying the following, quote, It was a cross-section of Zimbabweans, black African children from several tribes, coloured children, a cross-breeding of black and white, Asian children with parents born in Zimbabwe but whose grandparents had come from India, and white children, mostly Zimbabwean-born but whose parents were either from South Africa or Britain. She then went on to say how the children's accounts differed depending on their backgrounds, stating the following, quote, Obviously, there are cultural differences. When one boy asked two little boys why they were crying, they both said the little man in black was coming to eat them. They were obviously black children, as Western parents no longer 
certainly for several decades, threaten their children with demons who come and eat you. But this is still part of the African culture where the Tokolosh could very well gobble children up if they were naughty. On the other hand, the white children were mostly, although not all, aware of UFOs. So where they drew pictures, it was often identified as a UFO, and the little men in black were labelled aliens. In drawings from other ethnic groups, the labelling was different. The little men were called unidentified persons, and the craft, or whatever, was called the machine or the object. As you can imagine, the news of what happened at the school created a media frenzy, and many reporters came to speak to the children. But the story then got the attention of a very high-profile professor at Harvard University in the U.S., His name was Dr. John E. Mack, and he was a professor of psychiatry at the Harvard Medical School and also a Pulitzer Prize winning author. He arrived about two months after the incident and interviewed and videoed the children. You can find these videos online, but you will now hear some audio of the accounts the children gave both to Cynthia Hind and to John Mack. Like it looked like round about like a like a disc, like a round. And whereabouts was it? Well, in the, in the trees over there, between the third pole. And and you say it looked like a disc. Are you sure yeah. it wasn't a, um, a Harrier jump jet or a, an aircraft? No. Something that the Zimbabwe Air Force had got. It was like in a in a disc. And, and what just what happened, guy? Well. It, it was just glinting in the trees and this, like there was a man and he walked towards us and he walked back again. And what did he look like? His, his face was like this and his eyes were down here. Can you just tell me very briefly if we go along, just say what your name is and what, what you saw. Nathaniel Coxall. What did you see? I, there was a sort of like ship landed on the ground. Um, Why do you say ship? Did it have a shape? Yes. Like what? It was. It had a, a long top and it was flat, flat uh, sides. Focus around the side. Just a, um, sort of like a platform coming around the platform. side. Did you see anything else? Yes, we saw a black man running around. Just. A little man or what? From where we looked, he was about this small, but we were quite way away. So, he was about our size. Could you see his face? No. I didn't see the spaceship, but I saw the little black guy. He looked, he was all black and it looked like he had long hair. Could you see his face? No. no just just in a black, what was he wearing? Uh, it just looked like he, he had long hair. Long hair and he was and, all black. But he yeah. wasn't naked? No. no. What did he have on? No, that's all, that's all he could see. Oh, and you can only see that? Yeah. Why? Was he among the trees? It's just about like a shadow. It just showed a shadow going. Oh, and you also saw the, this yes, we were all there. creature? Yes. What did you think it was? Um, I don't know, really. Did you see the thing, whatever it was, land? Yes, um, after the bell rang, um, I was, I was walking up to the class. <coughs> And I just saw flashes in the side of my eye. And that's really what I also. 
But you didn't see anything on the ground? No, I saw it, the, just the... the shadow. Yes. Oh, Emma Christensen. Yes. Yes, because your drawing uh, was particularly interesting. Uh, they have asked me about it. Uh, you saw, in your drawing, you've got not only the main uh, object there, but you've got several others. Now, did you see these coming down, or did you no. see them in the sky? I saw them, I saw them disappear. They went one meter up from the ground, and then they just disappeared. They went one meter up, and they disappeared. And this, this, you saw this creature? Yes, she was very, very shiny black. Shiny black. Shiny black. Suit. Kind of suit. Would you say it was like a, a ordinary suit? That uh, was it like what Mr. Mackey's wearing? No. What would you call the type of clothing? I'm not sure, but he, he was really. Have you ever really seen the divers going to the sea? Oh was yes, it, like that. Was like it like that. that, or was it like an overall or a tight-fitting suit? It was tight-fitting. It was tight-fitting. And it was shiny. Yes. Could you see his face? Well, I only saw a glimpse of it. And you don't remember any individual features? Well, uh, I only remember that his eyes were quite big. Eyes were big. And were you afraid? I was a little afraid. What did you think it was? I don't know. I just thought it was some kind of alien from a different planet. So you knew about UFOs? Yes. You've watched on television? Yes. Do you think that influenced you? Mm. Or you weren't thinking about it? I wasn't thinking no. about okay. it. Okay. Something scared you, is that right? Is yes. What, what scared you? The noise. What noise? The noise that we heard in the air. You heard a noise in the yes. air? What was it like? Like a roar or a buzz or a hum or what kind of a noise? It was like someone was blowing a flute. It was scary myself. It was scary because you saw something yourself? Yes. Mm -hmm. I saw a little object hovering. It was quite big, actually, and then there was little ones all around it. We saw something silver, and then we quickly ran to the, lo to the logs, and we saw a silver silver thing, and we saw a man standing next to it. Uh, what was it, what did it feel like when he was looking at you? felt scared. It, it felt scared? What was scary about it? Well, it felt scared because I've never seen such a person like that before. Did you see the eyes? What did they look like? They were um, going like that. Where was the pointy part? Was the pointy part in here or was the pointy part out okay. there? Up there. And what was the feeling when you looked at the eyes? Um, it was scary. Mm-hmm. And what, scary why? What made it scary? The eyes looked evil. Evil? Mm -hmm. And what was evil about them? Mm -hmm. Say what you mean by evil. It, the, it, it looked evil because it was just staring at me. With what? Staring at you as if what? As if to do what? As if it wanted to come and take us. As if it wanted to come and take you. That was the feeling you got? That it wanted you to go with it? Did you feel like you wanted to go with it? No. 
Did you feel, what was the effect on you when, when you felt it wanted to have you go with it? Huh? I just um, walked away and I started crying. They came running up here in such a panic. And, I mean, even if we had staged it, they could not have run all together like that. Even if we practiced it, I don't know how many times. <laughs> but they came up here like a living snake. And they just came, we were in a staff meeting, and we just heard them screaming, screaming, ah, and then they were here, you know, and the child can't make that up. <laughs> I was very skeptical in the beginning as well. Um, I believed that they'd seen something, but I wasn't prepared to accept that it was anything supernatural or anything like that. But I think the consistency of, of what's been going on indicates that it was more than I was prepared to admit in the beginning. So both of them were running. One was running and in the trees, and the other one was running, running across the ship, because mm -hmm. there were also trees here. Mm -hmm. In this next audio, one girl talks about how the alien communicated with her telepathically. So, take a listen. He was just staring. Mm -hmm. And we, like, tried not to look at him, because he was quite scary. What was scary about him? His big eyes, I think. I think they, I think they want um, people to know that we're actually making harm on this world, and we mustn't get too technologed. What gave you that feeling? I don't know. But it came through to you when you were with the... With the strange being? Yeah. When he was looking at me. When he was looking at you? Yeah. It came through my head. Did it, to like, through words or? My conscience, I think. Your what? My conscience. It came told you, through your, your conscience, told you. Well, the being was looking at me. While it was looking at you, your conscience told you that. Had you been a person that had thought a lot about what we're doing to the earth before that? No, only after this. Only after this. Another girl said, the world is going to end, maybe because we don't look after our planet or the air, like all the trees will go down and there will be no air. People will be dying. Those thoughts came from the man, the man's eyes. So these accounts seemed to imply that the aliens had come to warn the human race about what they were doing to the environment. And here is how John Mack viewed this, quote, Something strange happened to the group of children that left them with the impression some form of sentient life cared about the earth and cared about the environment and even cared about the children. When you read the many accounts in the media about what happened that day, you hear that the children lived in rural Zimbabwe and that they didn't have access to TV and therefore their accounts must have been true. However, Back in 1994, the capital city of Harare had a population of 1.2 million and the Ariel School was only 20 miles away. It was a private school and also the most expensive school in the area. Therefore, the students were from wealthy families. The school had a competition swimming pool, tennis courts and a golf course. The children were mostly white Zimbabweans of British and South African origin and were fluent in English. It was 1994, so of course these children had access to TV. So, in my view, the media tried to give the students' stories credibility by describing them as rural children who didn't have access to mass media. And here is what Cynthia Hind said about the children 
having access to television. Quote, the people in Africa don't have television. They might have a radio, but I can tell you the media don't deal with UFOs there. So where would they pick it up? Now, to me, doesn't that seem to be quite a sweeping statement that people in Africa don't have television? And she lived in South Africa herself. So to make such a statement like that seems very dubious to me. And she also stated that, quote, they are afraid of the headmaster. No doubt about it at all. He is one of the people that still canes children if they are naughty. He says he believes in discipline and he said he's not a believer. But he said, I can tell you one thing, children never lie to me. So did the children actually see aliens that day? Or had they been influenced by movies and popular culture? You can easily find the children's drawings online. And it is so obvious to me that they drew flying saucers and aliens just as they had seen them depicted in movies. And while I was watching the videos of the children being interviewed about what they saw, I noticed that they were interviewed in small groups, not separately. So when Cynthia Hind, John Mack and the media contest that all of their accounts were consistent, well, of course they were, as they had all listened to each other. And it was also rather interesting that Cynthia Hind published a book called UFOs Over Africa. So am I too cynical to suggest that she tried to capitalise on the story? And let's look at John Mack. He was an avid believer that aliens have visited the Earth and he sought to prove his conviction. He had come to interview the children two months after the incident, plenty of time for stories to be spread and embellished. It was also interesting to note that his interviews were also conducted with multiple students at one time. And I have seen videos of the children being interviewed and there are numerous other people in the room watching and listening to the conversation. And also, as we saw, his interviews saw the children talking about receiving telepathic messages from the aliens. But this had never been spoken about when Cynthia Hine interviewed the children a few months earlier. So I really think John Mack somehow prompted or suggested this himself to the children. He had been an anti-nuclear and environmental activist, which there's nothing wrong with. So is it a coincidence that the children started talking about the aliens, telling them to look after the planet? And it was also interesting to me that John Mack had abandoned his academic work and concentrated fully on investigating aliens. Just a year earlier, he had published a book called Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens, but Harvard was at odds with one of their staff being a proponent of alien abductions and subsequently opened an investigation into him for misconduct. One of his colleagues was reported to have said, quote, Mac was a brilliant fellow who occasionally loses it, and this time he's lost it big time. He became the first professor in the history of Harvard to be censured. However, he was ultimately cleared and allowed to continue his research. But then, quite tragically, about 10 years after the incident, John Mack was struck by a car and killed by a drunk driver. He had not yet published his findings on the Ariel School UFO sightings. So, what do you think? 
But before you make up your mind one way or the other, I first need to provide you with a further piece of information. Just two nights before the students saw the alleged UFO, there had been reports of a meteor fireball streaking across the skies of southern Africa. Radio stations were inundated with people calling in to talk about what they had witnessed. This led many to believe they had seen a UFO, so the country became gripped in a UFO mania. But actually, what they didn't know was that there was a very simple explanation to what people thought they had seen. It was actually the re-entry of a rocket that had been launched. So, once I came across this piece of information, it confirmed my belief that the children had been influenced by the media reports of this rocket, which had saturated the news for two days. So, it's now been 25 years since the alleged sightings at the school. So, what has happened to those children? Do they still believe that they saw aliens? There are a number of videos that can be found online of some of the children recalling what happened that day, and all of them still believe that they had an alien encounter. And here is some audio of those kids as grown-ups and what they think now as adults. That picture that it'll never go out of my mind was the face and just the craft, you know, they'll always be there. We met up on many occasions after that and hugged and shook our heads and said that was the most amazing experience of our lives, wasn't it? It was literally fear of the unknown. Pun intended. You know, that's the best way I can describe it, but I'll never forget it. Strange, it was exciting, it was, you know, is this... You don't see stuff like that every day, you know. It felt like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Strange, I guess, like I said, I, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to believe in the whole aliens and stuff, but it always leaves me questioning, thinking, huh, that it, that was very strange, so it, it is possible. And, I mean, in a way, I guess there are times when I try to disassociate myself with, um, like, the experience and, like, what happened in 1994, like, trying to disassociate myself with what happened there um, when I was in junior school but I realized I'll be lying to myself. No one is willing to say that because we know that we didn't just make things up. Something definitely was happening. Whether it was UFOs or whether it was who knows what else. You know, we can't say for sure one way or the other but definitely there was something that happened there that day. Um, and it got the whole school riled up. I, I don't believe for a minute you could get that many kids to to, to agree to do something like that. I really don't. I know children well enough. I, I just don't think that would happen. So I'm absolutely sure that something did happen there. It was not a regular day at school. Yeah, I think if there was one experience I'd like to relive, it would be that particular experience. It really does stick with me that something happened, something was out there, um, and, and the kids saw it. He has never stopped talking about it. He has never stopped talking about it. And he has believed all the time that it did happen. I think something definitely happened. Yeah, sure. This story has had much written about it over the years. And here is one viewpoint which supports what the children experienced. Quote, 
With the fertile mind of precocious children, one must consider if it is remotely feasible for 62 preteens to concoct a successful hoax that requires the youngest of the bunch to feign terror while the eldest jeopardize their reputations by claiming to not only have seen an alien but to have shared a psychic connection with it, not to mention the sheer psychological effort it would take to corroborate a tale as elaborate as this. Now, while this seems to be a compelling argument, in my mind, it was just a case of imaginative children influenced by the proliferation of alien movies in popular culture. No, I can't explain how so many of them were adamant about what they saw, but I really believe the rocket was the catalyst. The children had two days of the story being run in the media. And I was also struck by the fact that much was said about the Harvard professor John Mack believing the children's stories, as if to say, if such a person believes them, then so should everyone, that such an accomplished person gives the story ultimate credibility. But for me, I was a firm sceptic before researching this story, and I have not changed that stance. I also discovered some other interesting information about this story. After John Mack's death, a group of his supporters created an institute in his honour called the John E. Mack Institute. And as he had been researching alien phenomenon, his supporters decided to commission a filmmaker to produce a documentary about the Ariel School sighting. So a man by the name of Randall Nickerson started the project in 2008, about 15 years after the incident. Nickerson made numerous promotional videos about the project and was even able to find some of the children, now adults, who joined him on a promotional tour. There are many videos that can be found on YouTube of interviews with Nickerson and some of the children. So I went looking for the documentary, but I just couldn't find it. I heard Nickerson say in interviews that it was only a few months away from being released, but that was quite a number of years ago. There is a website about the proposed film, and it was going to be called Ariel School Phenomenon, but it just doesn't seem that it got off the ground. So that's the end of the story. Believe what you will, but for me, I won't be covering any more alien stories. As for me, it's a case of once a non-believer, always a non-believer. And now I'd like to end this episode with a podcast recommendation. Take a listen to this promo. Hey y'all, we are Wendy and Beth. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And we want to tell you about a podcast that we host called Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color. Fruit Loops is a podcast about true crimes committed by people of color and the victims that we don't hear or know much about. Contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are straight, cisgender, white dudes. No ma'am. Join us at Fruit Loops as we tell fascinating stories of true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that often go untold by the mainstream media. As we dive into these cases, we get into the historical and cultural context of the crimes and the criminals in order to get a sense of what might have influenced the perpetrators and led to the crimes. Well, that's right. New episodes drop every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So until then, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. And now let's preview the next episode 
It's called Party Girl. The schoolgirl went missing after school. What happened? And to end this episode, I will leave you with this quote from the late scientist Stephen Hawking. If aliens visit us, the outcome would be much as when Columbus landed in America, which didn't turn out well for the Native Americans. Bye for now, and remember to be a good apple.